Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vinyl Countdown, and welcome back to the October Spooktacular 3D Beyond the Gates of Hell. I'm here talking about Maniac Cop, one of the best movies, probably one of the best movies I'm going to do this month, and also with my buddy Richie. How's it going, man? It's going great. (laughs) So we both have a very, very, very just incredible love for this movie, Um, as I think a lot of people do. It's kind of, a, I guess, a cult classic or whatever, and we'll get into a lot of it, but um, it's if you haven't seen it, I would highly suggest seeing it. Um, There's going to be spoilers. I mean, it's it's an old fucking movie, so I mean, it's going to, you know, we're going to spoil some shit, but it's like 30 years old, so it's whatever. I watched it this morning. It's still, for better or worse, still super relevant, even in today's uh, society. Like, you know, it was late, it was 1988 when it came out, and there's some things in it that, um, you know, it's like, hey, they're talking about police brutality, and they're, they kind of, the idea that it is a maniac cop that's doing this killing, it's kind of like, huh, that seems oddly familiar. <laughs> you know, not oh, great, but, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You're, yeah, you're right on the money about it being a cult classic, because there's, like, a who's who of people in this movie, and oh, yeah. the direct, like, the director and the writer, okay, so, like, not to go way too into it, but William Lustig did Maniac. Mm-hmm. From 1980, and that is a that is a badass movie too. Yeah, Tom Savini was in it. I mean, the one of the special effects gods in the industry. Uh, this movie had Tom Atkins, Bruce Campbell, Lorene Landon, uh, Richard Roundtree, William Smith, Robert Zadar playing the title character. I mean, good god! Like just those people alone have so many freaking movies in their catalog. <laughs> it's not even funny. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those like when I for when I guess when I watched it again as an adult, I saw it when I was like like I said like 15, 16, something like that, and. Years later, after seeing more movies and whatever, when I saw the cast and I was like, man, those names sound familiar. Then I saw her, but I was like, oh, shit, that guy or that guy. Or that. Like, it's just there's, yeah, like I said, there's a who's who of like, you know, actors, horror actors, whoever. And it's like, if you know, you know, I guess. Right. Oh, yeah. But um, so real quick, we're going to get down into variant corner to discuss that. And then we'll get right into the movie. Fun facts, you know, personal experiences, whatever it might be. So, uh, yeah, let's get on down to variant corner. Just waiting for the Simpsons or whatever to sue me for that. Oh, oh. dude. <laughs> <They're>, yeah. <laughs> That's what uh, Spencer said. He goes, oh, isn't that from the Simpsons? Like, shh. Shut up. Be quiet. <laughs> but the, the 20 people that listen to this, isn't, this is not going to matter. But uh, so real quick, there were three vinyl pressings. Uh, there was one that was released at the same time of the movie, 1988, on black vinyl. And then just recently, uh, Ship to Shore Phonoco, my buddies over there, released a red translucent. I think I said clear with red earlier to you. I was wrong. It's just like a solid kind of see-through red. Mm. Uh, still looks cool as shit. And then there's one that I have, which is like a tricolor, uh, yellow, pink, green uh, striped vinyl. That was a uh, Ship to Shore is the one that pressed it, but then it was sold ex- exclusively through TerraVision. And I got my hands on one of those, and I'm really happy that I did because it's a... Um, it's just cool shit. I don't know. It's fun to have. The uh, score is really great. It's like very, very much 80s, right? But it's still just fun to kind of throw on. And it's like, you know, it's, it's I'm a sucker for movie scores. It's one of my big things. But um, same. The um, I tried to get the, the pressing counts for this record. I normally like to, to give that to everybody. But uh, Terror Vision did not know. And Ship to Shore was really, um, they were mum about it. So I was like, okay. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> right? That they, did um, do all you can. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tried to use some of my connections there, but they, they were just like, oh, sorry, we can't. Like, well, okay. Oh, damn. But, um, I mean, like I said, it sounds great. And actually, at last, 
check. They said it was very limited, but I don't know how many people are actually buying this record. I mean, I would highly recommend it just because I love the movie. But uh, at last check, like I think a few days ago, they still had them available in this particular colorway. So if you like it, I'd say get on it. Uh, TerraVision still has them. Uh, I think they, they, they posted on Instagram like two days ago and said, hey, super limited. We still got some. Come get them. You know, I might have to check it out and see if they say if they have any more because the one you showed me, oh my god, the neon, the neon that I'm a sucker for it. If it's got it's neon on it, I am a sucker for it. I will buy it. I don't care. Yeah. So, it, like I said, it, it's definitely worth it. It sounds awesome too, which is great because, you know, as I've mentioned before on the show, there are some records for whatever reason they sound like they were fucking recorded through a tin can, and you can listen to digital versions or even other pressings of the same album that sound fine. But then the other pressing, for whatever reason, the other pressing sound like absolute dog shit. And that's just a, it's a, luckily draw sometimes, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, that one, it's great. So moving into the movie. <laughs> so I wonder what the, I guess what the general public thought, because I don't know that it was a, a box office smash or anything, right? Like it wasn't like a, like, holy shit, you got to see Maniac Cop. I think it was more kind of people that were in the horror genre, like, hey, this was pretty crazy. Go see it, but it wasn't like a huge blockbuster or whatever. No, it definitely wasn't a blockbuster, but it definitely had word behind it. Because when it did come out, that was the thing. The studio didn't originally want to keep the title of the movie, so mm-hmm. like the agreement was, you can keep the title of the movie, but if it it's a shit draw at the box office, we're gonna pull it, change it, and put it back. <laughs> so I guess it did well enough to where it could keep its title, and yeah. it was good enough to that it spawned two sequels and then a, a rip off movie called Psycho Cop. Which that became a hit too, <laughs> so I guess I there was just yeah, yeah it's, I guess that there's just like a, a whole craze at that point in time of like oh let's put the psycho killer uh, cop or you know because you know who's gonna who's gonna go after a maniac firefighter like who's gonna do that I mean because firefighters are pretty trustworthy right like right you know the cops they have their not to get too far into it but there there is some um, I don't know there's some tarnished reputations uh-huh. to say the least oh yeah <laughs> but um. That's what I wanted, like, when people first saw this. I mean, like I said, it was apparently good enough to keep the title, but if audiences back then were kind of like, oh, man, that is a, like, that's kind of a taboo thing, like this cop being a serial killer or whatever, but it's like, again, however many years later, it's still relevant. It was relevant then, it was relevant before, relevant after. It's like, unfortunately, it kind of keeps happening. Right. And, you know, the the idea, too, like we talked about a little before, before we started recording, that a lot of white characters get killed a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I want to say the first black victim that I noticed was one of the cops at the station. This is like 13 victims in or something. So it was like, that was kind of a weird thing. Because uh, at the beginning, you know, there, there's a whole, like it comes, it starts out with um, the girl walking home from the bar, walking out of work and gets attacked by these two, I guess, Puerto Rican guys or whatever. Is what she says. She's like, these two Puerto Rican guys attacked me. But uh, I will say she was a badass. She was kicking their ass, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Like the um, that one shot when she's on the rail with the cameras behind the rail, and she gets both feet on, pushes him off into a car, bounces off, hits the other guy with a purse. I'm like, holy fucking shit. Yeah, she's definitely watched her fair share of WWF. Yeah. <laughs> like she was like, then <laughs> the dude taking the garbage out, just looking, just like. Oh, somebody, I guess, should help. It's like, you motherfucker. I know, man. He, he look at him, and you know he's big enough to kick both of those dudes' asses, probably. Probably. But he's just like, mm. 
I'm just going to let this play out how it will. Yeah, the only garbage I'm taking out is the one I got in my hand. Mm, yeah, <laughs> motherfucker. Well, I, I saw that. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. No, I know, right? And he just kind of like, he sinks out. And then, Ash, then when she gets away, they cut back to him. And he's like, mm. like <laughs> He looks all like, well, I guess she got it. And just moses oh on. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know, then, I mean, it's very, this is like the first five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. We get our first look at the maniac cop, you know, because she's running through. And here's. I think initially I thought maybe, like, she would get away or something. When I first watched it, I was thinking, okay, this cop's probably going to, she's going to get away. He's probably going to kill the two Puerto Rican guys or something. You know, something's going to shake out that way. Yeah. To be fair, they could have gone a whole different direction with this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because then again, they mentioned in the movie where it's like, well, he's not, he's killing the innocent people. He's not killing the pushers or the thugs or whatever the fuck they say. And it's like, they could have very well done that and just been like, oh, well, it's just, it's just these brown people. Who fucking cares? And it's like. Then, then eventually it gets to the point of it being, oh, it's a cop that's doing this. Oh God! And then whatever they could have made that. Uh, uh, I guess un- that would have been really shitty had they done that. Yeah. But to make it mostly white people getting killed by a white cop, that was really kind of like, huh? Well, that's something different. Uh, no shit, right? Because you see that so many movies nowadays where that is the case. Yeah. You know, and you're just like God, really? Come on, like fuck! It's 2021. It's 2020, 2019. Like we've been, we've been past this fucking point, yeah. you know. So to see this movie, like 88, like 30 yeah. something fucking years ago, and it, come on, if you, learning from Maniac Cop, no, come on, we can't do that. I mean, it it seems like they kind of got it. Like they they very they. I feel like they were definitely trying to say something. With yeah. Um, which they were also, I guess, trying to say like, look how cool this death is going to be because he just picks her up like a fucking rag doll, <laughs> like. <laughs> That's so it's like, you know, she runs up to him, ah, cop, whatever. And he's just like, I mean, he's a big motherfucker. Like, on the record, they have him listed as 6'2", 265. He looks to be about eight feet tall in that first shot. <laughs> like, Dude, Robert Zadar was, like, just a big dude in general. He, and he, he looks beefy. Yeah, he was, dude. <laughs> he, he definitely was. Like, you know, I mean, he tragically passed in 2015. But, God, he, he was, like, known for that look. Yeah. And, you know, we've covered a few of his movies like, on, on my podcast, and it was amazing to see how many movies he's been in, and he's always kind of typecast as the, the muscle. Yeah. Like, if he's a bad guy, he's the muscle of whatever group he's in. Now, this was, obviously, it's like, no, you were the guy, <laughs> you know? And rightfully so. The dude's, like, Hulk huge. Yeah. Like, in the, later on, not to jump ahead too far, too far, but in, like, the jail, I'll say the jail scene, we'll get to that in, in, when we get to it. But <laughs> he looks like... What you would picture like your seventies, eighties wrestler type. Yep. He's just he's not fat. He's just fucking big and wide and solid. He's <laughs> a brick shit house, dude. He really is. <laughs> and he's just like he's oh man, that, that shower, that fucking shower scene's fucking great. But it, yeah. So yeah, so he snaps this lady's neck, right? Just like whips her around like a fucking rag doll and just kills her. And it's like, God damn. You know, so it it's really like, all right. <laughs> like it throws us into it. And then the next scene, you got the Puerto Rican guys getting arrested because someone saw them fighting the girl. And it's like, oh, that motherfucker was like, oh, I bet it was a Puerto Rican kid. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you fucking dickhead. But right. I like how one thing also really kind of like, I don't know how cops would really be in this situation. But when we first meet Detective McRae, he comes in and he's like, hmm, I don't know if these kids could have done that. You know, he's really trying to like look at it rationally. And his partner, whoever it is, is like, oh, these fucking kids. You know, it's just like. His partner's a dick. Yeah. He's a big old fucking dick. Oh, he he gets it, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, 
McCray's played by Tom Atkins, another very great actor in general. Yeah. He definitely sells you on it though. Yeah. Like he, he definitely sells you on that. Uh, like where he's, he's, he's honest. He's trying to look at it like completely down the middle and be like, no, let's weigh our options out first. Cause you know, we can't just jump to conclusions and like you get the idea right then and there that damn near everybody else in that department is corrupt as shit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, again, it was kind of a, it's a breath of fresh air to see a cop, a detective at that. And he's very like, he's like, what if it was a cop? And he's just like, it couldn't be a cop, but it's just like, but what if it is, you know? And yeah. Then, like I, that was kind of cool because, like, like I said, from the very beginning, you know he's he's gonna be a at least a, a likable guy. You know, however you feel about cops, that's another thing. But he definitely is a trying to do his job the best that he can. You know, not trying to just like, oh, well, I guess it's just it must be these brown people. Fuck it. Yeah, and let's go home. Yeah, and he winds up being you know not to spoil anything, but he does wind up being one of the better characters in this movie. Yeah, and you know, until he meets his untimely demise, which we'll get to. Oh yeah, we will. Oh yes, <laughs> that was. Oh, I got, yeah, I definitely have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> um, oh, so, 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 let's see. So, that that happens, you know, you got a guy with a fresh-ass mullet, the, the coroner. Dude, that guy, okay, so, I can't remember if they said that he was actually, he actually studied in that particularly, but when they were talking with this dude that they hired to play that part, he was telling them so much about medical shit. They were like, well, I'm never going to be able to get an actor to remember all this shit exactly. So I'm just going to get this guy to explain like the medical terminology of how this woman died. And that's who they put there. Oh, wow. So that's just his hair. As a medical professional, that's what he looks like. If he is a medical professional, that's his actual fucking hairdo. And I'm like, God, that is a sweet mullet. Wow. Well, that shocking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think if that guy came in to tell me some, some sort of medical diagnosis, I could not take him seriously. Just go right over your head. Like, but like, like excuse me, um, who are you? It's like, oh, I'm Dr. Mm-hmm. Nope. No, thank you, Dr. Flock of Seagulls. Yeah. Like, please send somebody else in. Yeah, exactly. I can't take you seriously. Ugh. I was just using this haircut to soften the blow, but okay, whatever. And he just, like, walks away. <laughs> you have cancer. Oh, oh, oh God. Son of a bitch. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, let's see. I think, so after that, I think, uh, what's the next scene? They go down to the, the station or something like that. Uh, or is it the, or is it like the next killing already? I think it comes pretty quick where you, the, um, the guys in the old shit Camaro or whatever, and they're yeah. drinking and having a good time and partying and everything else. And then, oh boy, he gets fucked up pretty bad. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know. It's kind of cool. Like they, I guess they're, they're drinking like him and his girlfriend. They're, they're at the red light and they're making out. And, Oh boy, a maniac cop comes up and is like, just taps on the window and like, oh shit, hide the beer, you know, whatever. <laughs> he just gets him out and he's like trying to do the field sobriety test. And you see your uh, maniac cop here just kind of like letting him do what he's doing and like, mm hmm, mm hmm. Then just fucking pulls out a blade and just like slices his fucking throat. A big ass blade, too. Yeah. Like it's like a solid foot long or some shit. I don't know. He just, and the girlfriend's like, like, trying to look and, like, oh, it looks weird. And then, you know, cuts him, throws his ass almost through the fucking windshield. Also, before this, I made note of this for some fucking reason, but at six minutes in the movie, they say Maniac Cop. Yeah. And I was like, there it is. <laughs> yeah, and at one point in the movie, they actually have it on a computer. Yes. Like, it's written out on a computer. And I was like, oh, there it is again. It's written out this time. I don't know. I always love looking for that. Just like, especially movies like this, for whatever reason, I love when they, when the title of the movie somehow works its way into dialogue. I always I mean, point it out every time. Yeah. Out loud. But, uh, yeah, so this guy, I mean, he, he, he gets fucked up. She drives off. And then 
I, I guess they question her and she's like, it was a cop, you know, whatever. And they're like, maybe it was a guy dressed as a cop. It's like, God damn. <laughs> Come on. How many fucking excuses are you going to make? Jesus. I mean, you know, uh, cops, right? But yeah, it's just <laughs> that, still that, that whole idea of like, you know, it's just like, man, it couldn't have been a cop. It's like, it was like, he dressed like a cop. He had a cop car. It's like, but still, ooh, like, how are you going to know? And it's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. So I'm trying to think that there's, I feel like I'm spacing out a little bit well, on like the y- sequencing of things. But- yeah. Cause like in a, kind of in the same area in the film, these might be out of order, but they're definitely in the same area Yeah, where we get introduced to Jack and his wife kind of having their differences, Yes, which we'll get into because that's pivotal to the plot. And then at the same time, there's this lady who straight up just shoots a dude, shoots a cop right in his head. It's a rookie, obviously too. She shoots him right in the fucking head through her windshield because she's hearing on the radio. Oh, like cop, you know, kills a bunch of these people and Mm. she's just, white woman alone in a car and she's like, I'm not about to get fucked up. So she just pulls a gun out of her purse and just blows this dude away. And, and again, back to the fucking, you know, police station where he's like, well, now we got citizens shooting police. And it's like, <laughs> dude, what'd you expect? Yeah. Like th- th- you're y'all are having this shit all over the radio. People are going to fear for their lives and they're going to do some drastic shit. Yeah. But on the flip side of all this, Jack and his wife are having very big marital issues and it's right on front street. Yes. That's uh, Jack played by none other than Bruce Campbell. Yes. Uh, looking very slim. Very, he's in pretty good shape. He just came way. off of Evil Dead 2 when they did this. Okay. So, yeah. So, he was still pretty, you know. What's funny, I mean, as the movie goes on, uh, the whole thing kind of comes crashing down around him. They try to frame everything else because he looks similar to this guy. Although, still a tiny person compared <laughs> to the actual It's killer. the chin. Oh, it's the chin. His, that dude's face looks like uh, it looks like a fucking Easter Island head on a body, and then just a big body. And Bruce Campbell kind of looks like that, but not really. No, because like Zadar is more like a cherub-looking motherfucker, comparatively speaking. Yeah. <laughs> so, not in a bad way. He just he, that he was born that way, but in a lot of his roles, he's he grew a beard to hide it. Oh, okay. You know, so like some of them he didn't, but it's just it's just how he was. You know. Un- that's kind of like what contributed to some of his health issues, like the way he was, you know, born with it. But I mean, that's beside the point. But he's, come on, how do you confuse Bruce Campbell with Robert Zadar? Well, it's not, it's pretty hard to do, but also I feel like a dick now. <laughs> I no, know, no. I have no idea. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's widely known. Like that's, that's just a thing for him. And it's not even, like he was open about it. He was open about his, his uh, condition and all this shit. So, okay. I mean, it's just, he wasn't like really embarrassed about it. He just, he grew it because like, he, he looks like a bad motherfucker anyway, but when he's got a beard, do not fuck with him extra, you know? I can imagine. I mean, because even without the beard, he looks like a, he's like a fucking monster. Oh, watch, know, like Sam- just- yeah, watch Samurai Cop. That's one of his most prominent beard like roles, and he's the actual fucking muscle for the Katana gang that he's, you know, in. So I heard of Samurai Cop. Yeah. I've not seen it, and now I need to. Yeah, you do. <laughs> without a list. There you go. But uh, yeah, so they're having um, issues to say the least, right? Yeah. Um, kind of. Um, I think at, at one point it is revealed he is, he is having an affair, and it's like a whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, which it, it's it's fucked up. This whole scene of them like going back and forth, and you know she's like scared for him to even touch her, and then like there's like, which one thing I'm actually really glad 
he didn't ever really get super animated and like look like well maybe there's a reason why she's scared of him because maybe he's beating the shit out of her or something like that mm. when i think i think she says something he turns around real quick but he like very calmly says something to her and i was like i'm glad he didn't like grab her like what the fuck did you say that like right it's like let's you know yeah because like you can tell that neither of them are perfect no like she's not either and I think that's what I liked the most about the juxtaposition of Robert Zadar and Bruce Campbell. Robert Zadar's character is not necessarily completely bad, like some bad shit happened to him, but he was yes. a good dude. Bruce Campbell is mostly a good dude, but he's not all that great. He's kind of got some shitty qualities. So yes. they're flawed people, like on each side of the coin. So that's, I always thought that was interesting. Uh, Larry Cohen liked to write his characters that way. Yeah. And uh, they show some of the clippings like later on of what, uh, what he did as a, as a normal cop, whatever. He's like fucking superhero cop. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, oh, what, what the hell is his name? I'm, um, blanking on his actual name. I was going to keep calling him maniac cop, but he had a name, Matt, Matt. That's right. Matt. Um, go, God damn it. It'll come to me. But so Cord- Cordell Cordell. That's right. It's like Cordell, you know, kills drug dealer Cordell fucking, Somersaults off roof and shoots guy in the face. Like it was just all this crazy shit. Like <laughs> does a four fifty off the top rope, wins the world championship. <laughs> God, God. Like he was like like the cop. Oh right? yeah. And but like you said, he he got fucked pretty badly. Yeah. They, and they set him up basically. Like yeah. the the mayor and a bunch of the people in the precinct had him set up to take the fall for some political bullshit. Which spoiler alert, that's why he's coming back to fuck him up now. You know. So they kind of had it coming. Yeah. So again, Bruce Campbell, his wife, they're all kind of, ah, whatever. And he's like, I was paying for the therapy. What the fuck? You know, all yeah. this kind of shit. And like, you know, so it's like they it's like they still love each other maybe, but they're like, they're just like really fucking strained. And it's like, oh, that's rough. But then you know, he's like, oh, I got to go out. Oh, all this overtime. Let me just go out again. You know, yeah. and it's like, that seems pretty fucking fishy. Because like the second he walks out, somebody calls him, which I think later that's going to be the older lady with the, the cane and everything. It's like, why did you keep going out at night? Are you kidding those people? <laughs> it's like, like the second he walked out the fucking door, she just happened to, like, she's those perfect timing, coincidentally. But now he's gone out again, huh? Yeah, now, I see. <laughs> now, here's the thing, and, and I, <laughs> I was like, man, what the fuck is going on? There's a baby that cries when they're walking through the apartment. I hear the, because I remember, on, I watch everything with captions because I like to read, and I see it says, like, infant crying. It's like, and you can hear it. And it's like, is that their baby or not? I'm assuming it had to be like a neighbor's or something because yeah. she just fucking leaves the apartment and then, you know, spoiler alert, gets fucking killed and no one ever mentions this baby. I'm like, okay, that, that cannot be their kid. No, it can't. Because uh, at first I was like, okay, kid crying. It's like, oh, your wife home alone with the kid. You know, the husband's going out to work. Oh, it sucks. I know he's having an affair and all that kind of stuff. But like I said, she gets her, she gets dressed, gets her gun, goes downstairs. And I'm like, what about that baby? You know, right? She just looks at it and she's all like, "Okay, now Steve, lock the door behind me. Yeah. You've got my, you've got my number. Just or you got my beeper number. Just you know, dial if you need something." Yeah, it's like here you go, ten month old. I'm gonna be out down the street with your dad with a fucking gun. Like, dad went for milk and cigarettes and never came back. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But so that thankfully there was no baby involved. I guess like it didn't seem like that was that must have been a neighbor just happened. You know, as a whole thing. But yeah, uh, so she follows him and everything, and you know, I guess she's. Which again is kind of cool. It's not like she's suspecting that he's cheating on her. He's she's more like, I think you're this maniac cop. I think you're the killer, and I'm gonna follow you now. And 
Another thing I thought, you know, and at this point in the movie, I guess if you've never seen it, I mean, you could very well kind of, if, I think they make it pretty obvious it's not him, because again, they look nothing alike, you can kind of tell them apart, but maybe if you're not like super paying attention, you might maybe kind of get drawn into it and go, oh shit, is, is it Bruce Campbell? And yeah, because a lot of the shots of Matt Cornell are very shadowy. Yeah. Uh, mysterious. You don't really get a full face shot of him until like both the prison scene and then the last 10, 15 minutes of the film. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, like I say, yeah, if you're not really like hardcore paying attention, you probably could get sucked into the idea that, oh shit, Bruce Campbell might be the killer. But then it's like, oh no, he's like, you know, shacking up with another police officer, which that, that's kind of a cool shot when you, when she walks in, you see both police hats and it's like, oh shit. And then, you know, door opens up and it's like, oh, <gasps> Oh shit! I'm caught. You know this whole like yeah. Oh, but then you know, I, I I like when she like she backs up. She's like she pulls the gun. She's like I'll kill both of y'all. It's like man. Oh damn! She, she's ready. She's about it, dude. Oh god! And then it, it's like, I keep mentioning wrestling, but it's so funny just to comparatively do it. Then like Bruce Campbell's character turns into a total shitbag. He'll like oh wait a minute now wait a minute I can, I wanted to tell you but let me explain. It's like <laughs> yeah. dude, bro. You got caught. Just just own it. At yes. that point, dude, just fucking own it and just be honest. Just be like, look, we this isn't working. I'm not happy. This was gonna happen anyway. Just be honest and own it. Yeah, I mean it's like you're you're there, dude. Like you're y'all are both butt ass naked, like uh I wanted to tell you. Hold on. Like, here it is. Now I've told you. Let's talk about this later. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, yeah. And another thing that kind of, it's not funny, but it is, I guess, in the context of the movie. Well, because she gets fucking killed. Let's just get right to the point. When she gets yeeted into the van, somehow he puts her body back in the hotel room. Yeah. Maid finds it. Bruce can't, uh, Jack, I keep calling him Bruce, but Jack's superior calls him out of a a, a meeting or something or like a training center, whatever the fuck. Which for real quick, that dude sounds like a fucking badass. Every scene he has. Oh, yeah. Is that that like sixty pack a day fucking voice? Like just it's great. Jack, I need to see you. <laughs> yeah. Can you step into my hallway, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell you that your wife's dead. It's like, dude, you, you sound like you got some throat cancer problems. You, just, you sure you don't want to get no, no. I, I'll tell you whatever. I'm gonna get fixed. You need to get a lawyer, and I'm gonna read you your rights. It's like shit, dude. Goddamn. Okay, and basically. What I was getting to with the, with the funny part is that his wife, he's told his wife is dead, okay? Yeah. And he's obviously like a little freaked out over the entire situation. But at one point in the movie, when he sees uh, Lorraine Landon's character, he, uh, Teresa, they, you know, continue their shit. And he just does not even act like his wife's death even bothers him what so fucking ever. He's just like, oh, yeah, out with the old and with the new. <laughs> I didn't fucking do it. Uh, circumstances took care of that shit for me. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, I guess I'll have to go through a divorce now. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to get uh, half her shit. I hadn't really, um, I guess I hadn't really thought about that. But yeah, he is very, very like moved the fuck on. Oh, yeah. Pretty quick. Yeah. But that's ooh, bad look there, Bruce Campbell. But yeah, uh, I do love too when, when, when his superior is telling him about his wife's death and he's like, uh, yeah, you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? And he's all doing whatever. And he's like, oh, oh, God, whatever. And he's like, yeah, he cut her from ear to ear. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> bro. <laughs> it's like, dude, you need to be cut from there to there and put a fucking trach in your throat so you can breathe properly. <laughs> it's like, babe, bring it down a notch, dude. Like, 
he doesn't know his wife's dead. Like, calm down. Yeah, exactly. He's like, because you know that dude in his mind. He's like, oh, got this motherfucker now. Yeah. So he's really trying to like, and that that is actually a good bit of acting on Bruce Campbell's part because he looks legitimately, you know, surprised. He, he does a good job, and it's like that's one thing to, to say about all the actors. They do a really good job with this movie. Very convincing. Yes, because it, it is well acted. Yeah, because most films that get thrown into cult status are either like this, where there's good acting and there's some eh, the script is so so, or there's some not so great qualities, but it's an overall completed, you know, watchable movie mm-hmm. that is decent, or it fucking sucks ass. Yes. And there's nothing that can save it. It's just like, it's so bad, it's good, it's campy, and like it becomes this thing where it's like, oh, we watched this because it's so fucking stupid, mm-hmm. and now people love it. This movie is legitimately well acted, and, you know, they did everything they could. Right. Right. And, you know, like I said, I've always loved it, and like, I'm, I'm, it has built that status over the years, but it's like, it, it could have very well been cheesy and been whatever, and they, like, really fucking nailed it. You know, Richard Roundtree, he's fucking great. Every every scene I love, he's just so fucking cool. Just like, you know. dude, him and uh, oh god, there's another dude, Fred Williamson. Him and Fred mm-hmm. Williamson are in damn near every like cult film you could possibly even think of, yeah. and they play almost the exact same roles. But I see why <laughs> they're fucking good at it, and they're funny as shit. Yeah, he's definitely one of those ones that like, I don't know, again, he just looks so fucking cool, and everything yep. he does, everything, all of his lines, it's that fucking swagger, dude. He just has that, just like, he just kind of kicks back and just like, what you want, motherfucker? Like, yes! he's just saying that to anybody. And it's like, man, like, like are you my dad? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, and the reason he was cast is because uh, the director really loved Shaft. Oh, shit. Okay. That's why he was cast in this role, because he was like, dude, I really like Shaft. And, like, we're, I need, like, I need, you know, this kind of feel for, like, a, um, like a commissioner or whatever. Ah, Richard Browntree. We get him in there. Damn. So, okay. yeah. There's a lot of a lot of thought went into this. A lot of people kind of overlook it, but a lot of thought actually went into this. I, so, I did not know that. I didn't realize that was like the reason why. Which that's a big reason why. Yeah, he really liked Shaft, and he was like, I, "I need something like this. Why not get the guy?" That's the only reason you need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Right>? Exactly. <laughs> um, so let's see. So, so now Bruce Campbell, uh, fucking Jack. Jack is caught, and <laughs> they have the, the the interrogation. Whatever is pretty pretty good. Like they're really hammering him or whatever, and. You know, then like the kind of sleazy lawyer comes in, and you're thinking, okay, he's gonna try to help him out. And I laugh my ass off at this. Yeah, he's like, oh, we could just get you for insanity. You didn't know, <laughs> you didn't know what you were doing. He's like, I didn't do it. And he's like, yeah, I, but I love Bruce's delivery. He's like, what are you talking about? I didn't even do it. You know, yeah. he's, just like, he's just like, dude, you're, what the fuck? <laughs> I love how like he immediately comes in and is like, well, we can get you. You could say you just didn't know what happened. You could say you blacked out. It's like, god damn, you just. Nothing? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I can't be innocent, motherfucker? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, that dude just, he's, you know, which, I, I but, you know, it's, really, it's, you know, I think he tells him, like, hey, uh, if we don't find the real killer within a week, then I'll name my accomplice, or name my, uh, the other cop and everything, because he didn't want to get involved, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, which, I believe, what's his name, uh, McCray, he knows that he's protecting somebody, or he has an idea, at least. And then he talks to him in his jail cell or whatever, and he's like, hey, you know, Got to help us out. You know, she's probably in danger and this and that. And then <laughs> they, 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 they've kind of pieced together that old um, Matt there is getting information from somebody in the police force, right? And it's yeah. like, okay, so you knew about this. Uh, you and her know about it, obviously. Who else knows about you and her? And it's kind of an old thing where it's like, well, I don't know. This is like, well, Teresa, you know, might be the one or whatever. Fast forward a couple minutes there, whatever. They, his girlfriend, who he just like, Love so much they forgot his dead wife in two seconds. Yeah, Teresa Mallory. She's uh that's uh Lorraine Landon's character. That's right. Okay, so yeah. not not Teresa, the um what's the goddamn she's the, the she's the um 
damn it, I can't even think of what her title is, but she's basically down in the books area, yes. like records and shit. She works yeah. in records. She's a she has a uh, like a leg brace, a cane. She's uh, moving around very shakily, right? Dude, and the first time I saw that movie, I just had to point this out because the first it's funny. First time I saw this movie, like ever, uh, when they show her kind of walking to her car, how mm-hmm. it's all shadowy and shit. I thought she was straight peg legged. Because I couldn't see her fucking foot. I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck happened to this broad? <laughs> she, uh, well, what I thought was funny is, like, <laughs> when McRae is in the records room, the first time she kind of, like, walks around the corner, you hear her coming, and he, like, he, like, pans over to me. So he's looking, like, it's, like, a real long shot of him, like, anticipating her rounding the corner. It's just, like, God, they really built that up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which they explain later why, why she's, you know, she's the way she is. But... That whole thing is like, I mean, they really like, I don't know why it's like, it's like a 10, 12 second shot. It felt like of him just like, like waiting to see her. And it's like, oh shit, here she is. And it's like, but then he just kind of talks to her and walks out. It's like, okay, well, that's cool, I guess. Sally, that's her name. Sally, yeah. Uh, Noland. Yeah. That, that yep. was, um, I was just, just came to me. But, but yeah, so they figure out, okay, we need to find the person who, whatever, I need to get to your girlfriend because, you know, oh, she might be in danger. And sure enough, she's in danger, right? She's uh, undercover as a, uh, uh, a sex worker on the street, you know, hanging out. And uh, some sleazy fucking guy comes up in the car and is like, hey, baby, you know, just doing the whole thing. And uh, I love I, I love how he's like, you wouldn't have you not a cop, are you? And she's like, yep, you got me. You know, like, so her whole, like, demeanor change is pretty funny. But um, she's like, yep, say hi to your wife and kids for me. And he's all like. I've been thinking of you, baby. Like, oh, God. Oh. It is so bad. It's so fucking bad. Like, that part of it is like, ugh. Like, just come on, dude. Just go on. Oh, it was perfect, though. It, it's yeah. so weird. It's so fucking weird because, I mean, the movie Maniac was a little shot like that as well. Like, Lustig has a really great way of framing. Like, if he wants to make something look extra fucking filthy, he's good mm-hmm. at it. <laughs> he's just... Chef's kiss on that one. Yes, that uh, it just makes your skin crawl. In a movie with a bunch of skin crawling moments, I guess that one part is so fucking like, ugh. Like, that's just the type of do. You know, it's like, okay. The fact, the fact that I know for a fact I can sit here and say that you and I have encountered motherfuckers like that in real life. It's disgusting. It's yeah. Ooh, all right, but yeah. So <laughs> the um, I think she goes back or whatever, and maybe she's walking around the alleyway or something and then here we go matt's there blah, you know she's like hey who's that whatever and you know struggle ensues i think she pulls out her gun starts like firing at him and shit yeah because at this point um mccray is looking for her because yeah. he's got a hunch about it so he, he goes and looks for her and he drives up to the same uh strip joint that she was outside of and then he hears the gunshots after right. he wheels into the alley and they're both opening fire yeah like laying in this motherfucker and just yeah, and Matt slices McCree's hand open and yeah. he kind of tumbles into this trash can, but and he goes back up to start shooting and he's just gone. Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool in this part because I, I, I had to rewind it just to make sure because she shot him like I think three times or something like that, and then then McCree starts shooting and she shoot like they're going back and forth shooting. She had a six shooter and I was like, I wonder if they're gonna do like the usual like nine ten shots out of a six shooter thing. But I counted, and they got it right. Mm-hmm. She did six, and then clicked. And I was like, "Huh, well, good on you, movie." Yeah, <laughs> like that, it's always impressive when attention to detail is paid that closely. I'm a sucker for that shit. So yeah, yeah I, I mean, noticed it, the same thing. It, like I know some people might think it it seems silly, but it's like it really it's it, it's it's become a thing where it's like really funny. Like people have 
parried it for fucking years now. We have a six shooter and you shoot like 15 fucking times. And, right. But there are serious big budget movies that do that shit or did that shit. And it's like, just take five seconds to like, you know, make that work and be like, oh, the six shooter she shot six times and you're done. And just kind of, like you said, it's just attention to detail that really shouldn't be that big of a thing, especially, you know, given the, the movie, like there's guns everywhere or whatever. That seems like it'd be pretty easy to get right. But a lot of movies just didn't fucking care. No, they you didn't. Know? So that, that was kind of a nice touch. But uh, like you said, gone like a fucking ghost. Just, he was there, he was gone. He is the quietest, biggest motherfucker around, apparently. Just, and I'm gone. Yeah, pretty much. He kind of reminds me of Jason in the... 2009 or 2010, whatever it was, uh, Friday 13th, where he's this big hulking motherfucker. But he was like, he sneak, could move, sneaking up on everybody and like running and like, yeah, it was like, he was fast. And, and not to get off sidetrack, but that's one of the things I did like about that movie. They, mm-hmm. they leaned him out and they made him how he should actually fucking be. Like this dude that has survived <clears throat> by being that way. Yeah. And then, not to mention, they, they kind of, they explain in a way how he can get around so fast and seems like he's just appearing everywhere. It's like, no, he has underground tunnels. He knows where the fuck he's going because he's been in these woods for 30 years. Yep. Which some people didn't like that. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I shouldn't have made Jason. Whatever. It's like, well, how else would he be? Yeah, exactly. Like, I loved it because in the uh, the later films after uh, after Jason Lives Part 6 is whenever they explained that's him, zombie Jason t- slash teleportation Jason. Yeah. At that point. So... That's a good modern way to get around it. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say I could I could talk about that movie for a long time. Same, <laughs> but um, back on the Maniac Cop. So, yeah. so now they go to a bar or whatever, and they're just fucking knocking them back. Which wouldn't you be? Yeah. Everybody out there listening, wouldn't you be if that just happened to you? <laughs> this point, it's like you got attacked by a six foot two, two hundred sixty five pound cop. I guess who's also kind of a ghost, who also is super strong, and you shot like fifteen fucking times that didn't die. It was like, huh. Guess it's time to drink. It's time for whiskey. Yep. Uh, so he uh, he actually gives her keys to his apartment so that, you know, she can kind of hide out and everything else. And, you know, it's a good idea. Seems to work pretty well initially. Yeah. But um, is this where McCray goes to, like, follow the the Nolan lady? Like, he, I think he follows her down to, like, Pier 14 or yeah. something like that. And <laughs> I don't see. <laughs> so, like, I love what he's talking to her. And like, I guess, you know, he follows her to the pier and everything else. And. Uh, when he's hiding out, so Matt and the Nolan woman are talking, and she's like, you know, I'd do anything for you, Matt. It turns out, okay, oh, now it's revealed she's the one giving information. Like, okay, now it all is coming together, so that's the person on the inside. And he, like, knocks over a board or something when he's trying to, like, hide, and her her, her whole, reaction. Her whole demeanor just fucking changes, like, dude. Matt, oh, i just do anything for you, and that board drops. Pooh, boy, like, immediately starts shooting, it's like, where are you? Mother- like just, <laughs> no, she just fucking loses it. It's great. I love it. I love it. Dude. What the fuck was that? <laughs> she just pulls and just starts firing. I mean, just like fucking firing shots. Through, like no hesitation at all. God damn. Like, I mean, for a police, I guess a, a record keeper at a police station, she has a quick fucking trigger finger. Dude, right. <laughs> Uh, saw that all the time clicking on the uh, the mouse and then all the time like clicking enter. <laughs> she's like good right finger, like just like three shots done. And he's like, oh shit. Then he's just like, okay, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he disappears. Yeah, he disappears. Like both both McCray and Matt yeah. Corden, they they're gone. Which is, <laughs> so, I can find the humor in everything. I swear to God. So like she fucking shoots at him. 
He leaves, and then she turns back around to talk to Matt, and he's just gone poof. Because you know that motherfucker was like, man, this bitch crazy. I got to get the fuck out of here before I die again. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the, the, that, that, whole, that whole scene happens, and like I said, it's, fuck, it's so good. So good. I mean, I guess I can say about the whole movie, but that one in particular, I was like, Cackling, watching her reaction earlier. <laughs> Me too. But, um, that, that was the okay. I I would say it now. Uh, before we were uh, before we started recording, I was telling Jeremy. I was like, yeah, um, I was watching this with my son, and it was uh, this was the point where he was just like, God, this movie sucks, and he just <laughs> pulls his phone and just starts like scrolling shit. Oh, uh, so yeah, I was just I was like, oh my god. But for me, I can see why at that point he would say it because I'm sitting here just laughing out loud at this point. <laughs> this is, it was like it's it's overacting at its best, I think. Like it was yes. used very effectively. Oh yeah. But um so yeah, so now they both split off and then um That's when he goes back to the police headquarters and he starts pulling the files on Matt Cardell. That's right. Okay. That's oh. where you get that backstory at and stuff. Yeah. And then so we get to the um I guess the the you know, it's like, hey, super cop, bam, ah, whatever. Yeah, and, it's all the clippings. Yeah. And then he gets, um, you know, he gets, again, brought down on some political shit, right? And they, I guess, the mayor and commissioner, who are the mayor and commissioner now, at the time they put him in jail, but put him somewhere where they knew he'd probably get fucked up. Put him in Sing Sing or whatever. So it's like. Yeah, they put him with every every person that he took down. Yep. And did not protect him. Although. I will say this: They did mention like why didn't they put him somewhere else? And they think that I think the guy was like, well, he didn't want to be put anywhere else. Like he wanted to be where he was or some. I think they mentioned that maybe. Or am I thinking that something wrong? like that? Yeah, but like, either way, I mean they they fucked him. Oh yeah, they definitely did. And yeah, because yeah, at that point, that's like because you get the flashbacks, but you get the flashbacks whenever um, McRae and Mallory go to Jack, where he's still being held. And she's there on, quote, official police business. Yeah. And basically that's to cover being there so that he can go down to the case file room. And then this, I think this is where Sally comes and, dude, comedically beats the shit out of him with this fucking walking cane that she's got. Whoops, his ass. Like, that first hit sounds so fucking hard. <laughs> like, it's just like a deep thud. Yeah, uh, she, she reopens the wound on his hand and everything. Again... Thought that was a really nice touch when, um, you know, they're kind of fighting the fight, and then that that those stitches probably break open, it's pouring blood out. Which, uh, rewind, forgot one of my favorite fucking deaths in the movie, the second or third death, um, the guy with the fucking concrete leaving. Holy the shit! Thing. He gets uh, another nice touch. He gets handcuffed and he's running away. Uh, so he he's leaving like a club or something. He has an instrument with him. He's loading his car up, and old uh, maniac cop just comes up behind him. Throws him on the car, puts his handcuffs on him, and he's like, what the fuck? You know, whatever. So tight that his wrists are bleeding. I was to say, so yeah, he starts running away, and it's like, it's really neat, because you see him running, and in that one shot where you see the, the blood start to come on his wrist, and it's like, that's fucking cool shit. Yeah. And, you know, he eventually catches him and everything else, and, or actually, he slips and falls in some wet cement, and which is one of those ones that I've never, I can't remember a, a, a kill like that in a movie, where he basically suffocates him in the cement. And they don't show the whole thing. They, you, they push him down, everything. You hear him kind of struggling. And then it immediately cuts to two guys working, jackhammering this piece of cement with this guy stuck. It's like, that's God. fucking cool shit. I cannot believe I forgot that. But yeah. Yeah. And it, the way they shot it was really funny, too. Because yeah. that's, that's like another staple of this guy is he, he writes very comedically into his <laughs> serious shit. Like, there's enough of a break where you can breathe a little bit, but this yeah. guy can't. But obviously. Yeah. But he's, <laughs> he's getting fucking excavated out of a piece of sidewalk repair. Like area. 
that, that, that it's was, a hell of a way to go. I thought that was a pretty, pretty nice touch. Like as far as, again, like how many cement based killings do you see in movies like that? Not, Not at all. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of a, that's unique. They took the detective work out of it. It's a pretty fucking cut and dry piece of work right there. Some concrete evidence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had to. I couldn't help myself. Pun 100% intended. Yes. But uh, so fast forwarding back to the where we were in the movie. So again, don't know how I forgot about that. Like, that was when I was specifically like, oh, yeah, that, that fucking part. I was like, again, <laughs> cackling at that. Oh, yeah. So he gets his ass beat with a cane uh, very hard. Yeah. Stitches are busted open. He's. Fuck. Uh, at this point, oh goddamn! Does Cordell come back? Oh yeah, that's right. Because she's like, he knows he's here. Ah, whatever. And like, she just like fucking flips out or whatever. And um, he, he Freddy Krueger. He kind of Freddy Krueger's her ass a little bit because when he busts through that window and yoinks her back in, kind of how they did the uh, original ending to Nightmare. That's pretty. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, like it just busts through the window. It's like he just sucks her back through. It's like holy <laughs> shit. And one thing though is like I don't really understand how he. Killed her though, because he was kind of just like shaking her, and then she was just dead. I'm, then, did it happen off camera? It, it was the, well, he had her like it was weird because he had her. Picked oh, he up had her face smashed the against the wall. That's right, and which I thought was kind of neat because it was it was different than he wasn't like face to face with her. He had her facing out to the wall, and was like just shaking her like a fucking like a bad nanny or some shit. Yeah, and then she just like went and limped, and just bloop, and she's dead. Yeah, she just face plants on the the desk, and at this point. You know, McCray's there, and again, he he's his <laughs> eventual death scene. It gets drawn out. He gets thrown in about fifteen filing cabinets. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, he got he got it probably the worst out of everybody in this movie. No bullshit. Like, I don't I don't know if it was written to be like comedic, but to me, it was funny because as he's walking him down these aisles of filing cabinets, he's making sure to hit him into every fucking one the whole way. You know, oh, did you find this or did you find that? And he's just like smashing the fuck out of it and then uh, just out of a fucking window. Why not? Yeet. Your, uh, the girlfriend is downstairs when this happens and bam, <laughs> just blows all of his shit out. It's like, God damn, McCray. Yeah. Got fucked up. But yeah, he did. That uh, again, like you said, just, just the idea of him just every single fucking file. It's like, God damn, dude. Like he, he really roughed him up good and just throws him out the window like a piece of trash. You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah. So at this point, <laughs> oh, does she have, she has Bruce Campbell out at this point, right? I think she broke him out or, or, or like. Yeah, because, okay, yeah. Like while that is all happening with, with uh, McCray upstairs, they, uh, they hear uh, Sally screaming. So she's like, no, you stay here. And she leaves. And then the dude that she kept buzzing to let them out, his face is smashed against the bars. So like yeah. Bruce comes out and God damn, it's funny. Cause like, okay. So after he gets tossed out the window, he's, he's telling her, he's like, okay, you go like get the car ready. And That's I'll be right. down there. That's right. When he goes to the window and he's like, oh, fuck, two cops just come up there and they're like, all right, hands where we can see him. And he's like, I didn't do this. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure you did. And I'm like, dude, you literally could have stayed handcuffed in that desk room, but instead you put every fingerprint on every fucking thing <laughs> next to every dead body. You're not doing yourself any favors, man. No. But it's kind of funny, though, because they, <laughs> he's like, hey, you two face down, yeah. whatever. And they walk away and they're, they're like, why didn't you? Why aren't, why aren't we going after him? Because he said he didn't do it. <laughs> I fucking died right there. Yeah, I remember he didn't. Yeah, he said he didn't do it. <laughs> it's like that's that's fucking again slipping in some weird comedic elements or whatever, which is really, that part was really funny. But it, juxtaposed against a bunch of dead cops, so there's like eight or nine dead bodies in the scene. Like some yeah. hanging from the ceiling by their belts. One is like strung up, hung up on the uh, bars of a jail cell. Cell. The other one, like I said, 
the girlfriend walks out, sees him, and she's like, oh, okay, thank God. Opens the door, he just, like, conveniently falls stiff all the way back. It's like, God damn. And she's, ah! You know, it's a whole thing. And um, then again, we get the first victim of color in this particular, in the stairwell, and they're going up, he's on the ground, he's dead, and there's, like, a bunch of other people that are dead. And it's like, God damn. This dude just came in and just, like, fucking... What other movie did that? There's a lot of movies. Like, um, reminds me of, like, Terminator, right? Oh, my God. It was Blast of the yeah. Police Station. Um, that movie from 07, it was, a, it was a remake with Sean Bean. The Hitcher. He did that yeah. shit. Yeah. Killed the whole fucking police station with a knife. And then eventually got a gun, I think. But that was like a, like, come the fuck on. Really? Right. That movie I actually did enjoy. But there's, there's a few like that where it's like, God damn, like, how are these cops? Well, in, in this movie, and I guess in the Terminator, it's like, you know, can't really kill them. In the Hitcher, it's like get the fuck out of here. Oh yeah, like, they could have stopped that. I mean that that movie was a little a little unbelievable, but that's one that um if they ever if I ever find a soundtrack for it or something for one of the spectaculars, I might have to do that. <laughs> like, I'm gonna have to cover it, but maybe like I do like a bad spectacular month or some shit, or like do like some mini episodes of like really shitty movies and just you know. Have fun with that. I will. I will happily come back and talk about <laughs> shitty movies with you. Trust me. I know. I know you're well versed. In I cannot do it enough. It's, it's 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 a thing. I it's not even torture at this point. I, I genuinely enjoy that shit. <laughs> so yeah. So this all happens. Like I said, bunch of dead cops. It's like a whole fucking thing. Jack and Teresa are gone. They finally get out or whatever. And it, and like a fun little like, oh goddamn! What, what somebody says something about the parade coming up or something. There's like oh, this yeah. weird like um. Like this kind of a exposition dump for just like a second. Like it's just kind of all of a sudden, like I go to Richard Roundtree and like, hey, it's St. Patrick's Day. You're forgetting your thing. And it's like, you got to have it for the parade. And they're like, the parade, 5,000 cops are going to be there. It's like a whole, like, that seems really oddly tacked on, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, because this is like right around when they, they escaped to go to the corner that basically didn't file oh, correctly on Cordell. So, right. like, that's like, just make it like kind of short and sweet for that sequence. Like they, they go and basically they, what, what they find out is that he wasn't actually dead. There was like a hint of life. So he, he fixed him up and let him go on his, that's his right. way. I just missed the major plot point. Please continue. Oh no, that's <laughs> all it is, dude. It's it, that's all it is. And that dude's like, Oh, you got to ruin my career over this. Like this dude killed like 13 people. Man. Right. <laughs> like, Right, and that's kind of how they fuck him over too, is because he's sitting there and he's just like, "Now why in the hell?" Because he, he sees like a a paper or something about how he's want how uh, Jack is wanted because yeah. he's escaped or whatever, and he's like, "What? Well, how stupid do you got to be to come right into a precinct?" Yeah, and you're wanted, and then that's when Teresa's like, "Well, you're the one that let Cordell go," and he just, "Bitch, you got me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, this bitch got me. <laughs> so, like his face just like drops. It's like, well, motherfucker, you let this dude go. Yeah, like, all, all the wind just got sucked right out of him. Now, to be fair, to be fair, they, like he does say, we couldn't send him back to prison because yep. they would have killed him eventually, right? Mm. We know it was all political. We know he was really taken down on some bullshit. However, you knew that he was severely brain damaged when he left. He did say that. You maybe could have take, taken some steps to maybe try to protect him from himself or from other people, et cetera, et cetera, instead of just being like, well, guess that's all we got. Yep, that's him, all, folks. Home. Yeah. You know, it's like, that. I guess some um, mistakes were made. I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that was a big fucking mistake. Yeah, because now it's like pretty much that whole precinct's uh, dead, and you got Bruce Campbell on run because, of course, you know, it's like, oh, it's, it must be you and, like, whatever. And so, yeah, so they set up for this whole thing where it's like, uh, I love how you, <laughs> when they get up to the door and he's, or get up to the, um, uh, I guess the precinct or whatever, like, hey, 
Uh, you're gonna have to go in because you know obviously I can't be seen because if they see me they'll fucking shoot me on sight. Right. Right. Which right around here the reporter, which I know you noticed this, of course, Sam Raimi pops up yep. and it's like fuck yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that too because I. I the thought, okay, when the lady shot the one cop in like earlier in the movie where mm-hmm. she was just by herself, I could be wrong, but that looked exactly like the Delta 88 from the, of the Evil Dead that Sam puts in all of his movies. The one, the car she was driving looked, ex- I think it was the same tan Delta 88. Huh. It I, had to be. Like, it looked just like it. If it's not, it's a fucking close model. But that might have been like, oh, if I, if I can get Sam, maybe I can get the car. Huh. Because I would have done it. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. I mean, I was actually wondering if it was like, if Bruce Campbell was like, hey, I'm in this movie. Do you want to be in it? Or if Will Lustig actually knew. Like, I wonder how that it's a little, came about. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Because uh, t- typically Sam, if if Bruce is involved in something, Sam may have like a cameo or some type, or Ted even. His brother Ted is yeah. usually pretty good about that shit too. Especially like in the Spider-Man franchise. They were all, all their fucking hands were in that <laughs> yeah. shit. Popping up all over the place, mm. but but yeah, I was I, I liked that. I thought that was a good, nice little touch there. That's pretty neat. And then, uh, like I said, I I, I want to look up now. Uh, I'll, I'll post about it on Twitter or something when the, when the show comes out. But uh, I'm curious now about the car. Like I'll find a picture of both and try to split screen them and see. But um, that'd be really fucking cool if that was the case. Oh yeah. You know? But uh, so yeah, we get Sam Raimi, cool shit. Uh, speaking of Sam Raimi, real. Uh, off topic real fast. The movie uh, Nightbooks. Just watched that the other day on Netflix with the kids. Kind of a horror. I say a kitty horror movie, but they have some some really... They have some parts that are like, oh, okay, that's kind of spooky. Um, it's really good. And it's like kind of like... I don't know, man. Like you can, it's I don't want to say textbook Raimi, but there's a lot of uh, splattering of fluids where there needs to be. And it's pretty fucking cool because they get around it not being like real blood. It's like, you know, oh, it's some... Ghost kind of whatever blood Some or goo. something. And it's like, but it's fucking cool shit. It's actually kind of, yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I want to check it out, so. No yeah. spoilers there. But it is, I would definitely recommend it. My, my son, he loved it. He's, he's 10, and it was like just spooky enough for him to like not be too creeped out. My mm-hmm. daughter's five. She was, she liked it, but she was kind of like, oh. Like at some parts, like she kind of would like curl away or whatever. But then it was like, oh, now it's like not as scary. But then it will get scary. And she's like, oh. you know. Yeah. But yeah, Sam Raimi, cool. Nice guy. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so this guy, like you said earlier, um, yeah, I guess before we're recording, actually, I think the this scene with all the cops and the big parade and everything else, shot gorilla style. They didn't have permits. They were just like, we're gonna film this shit. Yep, <laughs> yep. They shot all of it. They got all the shots they need, thankfully, before they were shut down because they got discovered and they tried to pass themselves off as student filmmakers, and they were not fucking having it. No. Which now, now I didn't know that before. You said that. What makes that is even funnier because there's a scene where there's a cop drinking a beer. I don't know if you caught that. Where yep. it's like he's just like fucking chugging a beer and like his and his appearance like, like what the is, fuck are you doing? Yeah, I mean, he, he even he looks like like oh that old whatever like he's just having a beer again. It's like the fuck. <laughs> yeah, but that's so fucking funny to me though. Like they, if they would have known that 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 none of that footage would have ever made it. None of it would have ever fucking made it or no. seen the light of day. Could you imagine now? These like getting filming cops and doing whatever, and like you're you're like guerrilla style in 2021, and you catch him like drinking beer on on duty and like doing whatever else, and it's like, I imagine that footage would never see the light of day. Oh <laughs> nope, no. But um, but yeah, that, that that's pretty cool. And and again, not knowing that going in until you know we start recording this, I I, I even when I was watching this, one, I was like, man, that looks really 
they did a really good job on this, but because it's actually real, <laughs> you know. There's actually another piece of trivia about like footage like that uh, from the penitentiary scene where they go to get the uh, information about the uh, autopsy. Uh-huh. The flyover footage of the the penitentiary as the train is passing by. Uh-huh. They had to they had to inform the warden that they needed some shots, but he told them if you get within 500 feet of this penitentiary, I'm ordering you to be shot down. Oh wow! Yeah, he wasn't fucking around. Damn. He was like, yeah, you can you can shoot, but you better not get any closer than 500 <laughs> feet because I'll shoot you the fuck out of the sky because they had to do a helicopter shot for that. Damn. Yeah, exactly. So so all the guerrilla-style filming, they're lucky they still have the footage to put in this movie. <laughs> so <laughs> so th- this, uh, this break gets going, right? And, oh, man, so it's fucked up. So she... What I like is they, they cut to the room with Richard Roundtree telling a joke, I guess. He's like, yep. oh, whatever, that is my wife. It's, <laughs> it's like, I'd love to hear the other part of that joke. But uh, she busts in, and she's like, hey, you know, I'm here, whatever. And she's like, he's like, oh, it isn't Jack's girlfriend. You know, and Party's all, over, get out. <laughs> yeah, like, everybody get out of here. Fuck you know, and then an old gruff voice, they're all like, you know, they're going to they're gonna try to book her and all this kind of shit. So I think him and Richard Roundtree actually, they leave them leave her with another officer and like hey take her downstairs get her booked whatever and this guy oh boy (laughs) he's a creep and a half i guess that's putting it very lightly but absolutely (laughs) he's all like hey why are we in a rush because he's like about to handcuff her and they walk out and then he like does a handcuff i'm thinking oh maybe he's gonna like let her go or maybe he's like oh you know i know it's not jack whatever you know go do what you gotta do but he's like, hey, it's just us up here. Why are you in a rush? And it's like, oh, okay. This is our going way creepier. Yeah, we're going there. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, which actually turns out, I think it's more him trying to like, hey, I could be a hero. You, you, you could help. You could give me the information and I could do whatever. As opposed, I thought it kind of, at first kind of feels like it's like he's trying to like, I don't know, come on to her, like whatever. And it's like, man, don't be, don't be that guy. Right. <laughs> but you're still being kind of that guy anyway. Yep. But uh, so they go off. I think uh, they kind of they they close it. They have a door like this kind of opaque glass, or whatever. And it's like they're kind of talking, Richard Roundtree and then uh, gruff voice man. And then there goes oh Matt Cordell comes popping out in like the shadow and just fucking stabs both of them. It's like damn, Got right? Him. We forgot about the shower scene. We forgot about the shower cutaway. Oh, whatever. Fuck. Yeah, because like I just thought about like right when he comes and knifes him, because like throughout that, whenever they kind of figure out what's going on with him. There's some flashbacks happening where he was in the penitentiary and he sees he's walking down and he sees like all the people that he put away. And then he's in the shower and bro, he he puts a good fight up between three fucking dudes trying to murk his ass. I mean, they which they do, but he whoops their ass for a pretty solid minute. Yeah. And this is where we get the the real, I guess, the first shot of him like shirtless and he looks super beefy. And just like imagine like, I don't know, 1980s. WWF wrestler, like again, solid, big, not fat, just big. Yeah. Not like a fucking dump truck. And mm-hmm. tossing these dudes like they're fucking like ragdolls. Just pick it up and boom, throwing one, throwing the other. Like, I mean, just whooping their fucking ass. Yeah. But then he gets stabbed in the back. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like, oh, knives, nah, my only weakness. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, they cut his face the fuck that, up, dude. That part, I'd forgotten about how graphic, graphic that was. And. So it's like, hey, you get stabbed in the back, and it's like, whoa. It's like, oh, shit, okay, they, they got him, got his big ass down. When he gets that knife, that homemade shank, whatever, like in his cheek, and then pulls it 
oh, oh, like God damn. <laughs> yeah. Like think like a uh, Joker scars from the Dark Knight, but like seeing him have it. Yeah. It's like, oh boy. And then he's just left in his own blood there, and just like fuck me. <laughs> like that looks yeah. like it sucks. Yeah, that's pretty bad. But yeah, like I, I just remembered that, like, because it, it's weird. What reminded me of it is because the way in which he shanks the two guys, like when he comes out of nowhere, because it's kind of silent. Like, it's not necessarily silent, but you hear it from a distance. Yeah, and he, he just up and then, and then up again, because at the same time I was like, oh, good, fuck that guy anyway. Like, yeah, fuck that motherfucker. I think I want to say one of them actually says like, oh, Cordell, <laughs> or something like. <laughs> Because, like, I guess, like, the first gets stabbed, and then when the second, I guess they see him, like, he turns, like, oh, shit, a stabbing happened next to me. That's like, Cordell. <laughs> <laughs> he goes down, and it's like, fuck yeah. Like I said, fuck those motherfuckers. Yep. So, so <laughs> this part, it's so great. So she's, like, basically, like, hey, fuck off, man, right? Yeah. And so he's, like, fine, whatever. Guess we're going to go downstairs. So he handcuffs her to himself. Which is like, why not just handcuff her and then walk her down? But again, being a creep, I guess. I don't know. I love, I love mid fucking sentence. He's walking and just talking, doing whatever. And fucking Cordell comes around the corner, jabs his ass in the fucking gut, just like full on 10 inch, 12 inch blade. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> well, bye bye. It's <laughs> just a drag his big ass. Like that, that seems pretty cool. Just her trying to like really struggle and trying to find a way to really pull his ass out and then. You know, she drags his big ass down the hall, shuts the door, and um, I think she finds his keys or whatever, and she's, like, trying to get the keys out, and, like, right as she's doing it, you know, it's, it's which I thought was kind of, not necessarily funny, but it was, like, it's just, like, a pretty thin wooden door. It's a big guy, you know, then, but you hear, like, a, it's, like, a knock, 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 like, almost, like, hello, I'm coming to kill you, please. Yeah. You think he, because then he just, like, busts through the fucking door, it's, like, why do we have done that first? <laughs> yeah, no shit. But he gives her time to kind of, like, get the cuffs off, you know. Which, another kind of smart scene was kind of fun that she picks the chair, but I'm thinking, like, that chair is not going to hurt her. You shot him in his face twice. Yeah. But she takes it to break the window to get the fuck out of the window. It's like, aha, very smart. What would have been fucking hilarious is uh, the, the chair just takes, like, a random out. Like, <laughs> it's just some fucking, like, Colonel Sanders shit from the water boy. <laughs> <laughs> Falls the fuck over. Like, where did that fucking chair come from? Yeah. God, out of nowhere. Now, like, in that same sequence, when she's trying to run from him and get out the window, she almost falls the fuck off the roof in real life. Like, Lorraine Landon legit got so into that sequence. Like, there's, a, there's a, like, a hand cam shot where she's, like, looks behind her real quick and kind of yeah. scurries back on. She almost fell right there. Damn. That would have sucked. She might not have made it. That's pretty high. Oh, fuck no. That was a three, four, fuck, maybe five-story building. Five-story drop out of that son of a bitch. When that chair falls, it falls for a while. Before it hits the ground, it hits the fucking ground. It looked like Homeboy's head from Friday Parts 8 whenever he gets his head punched off. God damn. Just takes a spill right down into the fucking garbage can. I can't wait. So that, that's actually going to be, I think I'm going to close the month out with that one. And it's going to be fucking great. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like, anyway, fuck. I, I've nothing, I've not shown Spencer anything else from any Friday 13th movie except for that one scene. Mm. I was like, you got to watch this guy box Jason and then get his head punched off. Right on. <laughs> so fucking cool. Oh, it is. <laughs> Oh, it is. That is uh, my second favorite behind Jason X because I un or non ironically whatever love Jason X. Same. And I'm waiting. The only only reason I didn't do that instead of this one is because they don't have a vinyl soundtrack for it yet. Mm. And they have it on like a weird CD from like 2002 or whatever, which like 
I'm not paying 50 bucks for that. I'm, I'm just going to wait. The, somebody's going to press that on vinyl. They have to. If they, I mean, if they don't press the sixth one on vinyl, they're fucking stupid. That one's got some killer shit on it, too. I want to I want to say they did. Part six is the only one in the franchise with no nudity. Yeah. None. And probably the best. It's like it's it's my favorite. That and Jason X are probably my favorites out of the entire franchise. Because they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Like they, they really kind of figured it out and it was it was just right. Yeah. But um <laughs> yeah. so your chair goes flying out. Now it's like, you know, <laughs> at this point Jack is down there. I I think the cops like they see him running around or whatever and they're like we got him no! and he's like <laughs> she yells no! he's like look up there and it's like the fucking dude's like right there this big fucking hulking dude and it's like he's like staring out the window yeah witness me look at me yeah it's like, and then the nobody looks god damn it and he walks away but then going back to how quickly and silently he moves he gets the fuck downstairs wherever he's going and then like steals his paddy wagon with Jack in the back of it. It's like nobody sees him. <laughs> like Yeah, except for the dude that he just fucking just grabs and throws. That's, that's it. And and it's like, huh. You think somebody would have fucking saw him from the building to across down the building, across the street, everything else. It's like, nope. Yeah, and it's not like the guy that got thrown out of the driver's seat wouldn't have recovered. He just took a little fucking spill onto the concrete. I mean, I'm sure he could get up and be like, Yeah, this big hulking, big chin, scarry motherfucker just <laughs> threw me out of this truck. Yeah, it's like, Jack's in the back. Y'all locked him in the back. He did not get out and throw me out. And it was like, nah. Pretty sure it's him. Couldn't have been. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah, yeah. So this leads into probably, again, kind of forgot this, one of the best goddamn car scenes, chases I've seen in a while, especially for an old, like an older movie, I guess. But is there something about them whipping around these old-ass police cars and they're like, Drifting like a motherfucker. Because Therese comes out and she's like, hey, uh, that's the killer right there. Whatever, go follow him. And they take off and <clears throat> he's fucking whipping this like paddy wagon around. Like it's fucking Tokyo Drift. I was singing it's- running in the 90s in my head the whole fucking time, dude. If anybody out there has ever seen Initial D, I was fucking singing that the whole time. <laughs> it's I funny. mean, it's, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, like, it is. And the way that it's filmed and then with the car, like the cop cars, like it's fucking whipping around. This dude's like full on drift mode uh, you know it's just like oh man that's so fucking cool like i watched that scene like twice like it's it's cool good shit and what's really funny is you know <laughs> he's like drifting this fucking paddy wagon and they cut to the to the scenes to jack in the back and he's just like barely whipping around he's kind of like like, like but it's like you would not be fucking standing you wouldn't you would be on your on the you would have cracked your fucking skull open by that point but it, it it's almost Raimi esque. I keep pointing that out here and there, but it's almost Raimi esque because Sam, whenever he was directing Bruce and Evil Dead, would just fuck with him. He would torture him. Like there was the <laughs> sequence in the second one where he's being pushed by the evil force through the woods and he's spinning around and shit. Raimi's fucking legit hitting him with like sticks and twigs. He would fucking like he sprained his ankle. I can't remember if it was like the first or second one, but he sprained it was the first one. He sprained his ankle when he gets thrown into the bookcase. And the whole time between takes, Sam's poking his ankle with a fucking stick. <laughs> so, like, Bruce Campbell just lives to get tortured somehow. If Raimi just made a cameo, but you know that motherfucker was sitting there. He's like, yeah, all right, just whoop him around this paddy wagon a lot. Just watch him tumble. He's great at physical comedy. Just watch him fucking fall. Just spill it. His chin can take it. You know, just whatever. <laughs> There's, like, probably, how many times they cut away? Like, ten times? Yeah. And he's, like, it's, like, a different fall each time. And it's just, like, god damn. They just said, to hell with it. Let's put every take we got in yeah. there. Pretty much. And it's like, realistically, uh, he would have been dead. But, you know, it's a movie. It's great. He gets by it, right? Yeah. And they get to Pier 14 because Teresa remembers, like, oh, I bet he's going to Pier 14 because that's where uh, McCray followed him to and everything else. So it all kind of comes together. And this part is like, man, this is the only part where it feels kind of like 
Well, first off, in the car, the, the cop's like, I, I don't know, does he, does he not know that she's also a cop? Because he's like, you want to handle a shotgun? Like, like your lady hands don't know how to do that. And it's like, I think he knew she was a cop, but that was more of like a little like sexism. Okay, I was wondering because it's like, I mean, you know, if she's a cop and you know she's a cop, then like, of course she knows how to handle a fucking firearm. You yeah, but yeah. you know, but th- then again, I say that. But they get to the warehouse. Everybody's getting out. She has the gun on him, and we know that bullets don't really fuck with him. But she shoots like a warning shot, I guess. And then somehow or another, she loses the shotgun. And it's like, well, fuck that didn't. It's it's because he throws um, Jack like he fucking That's chokes right. choke slam throws right. his ass into her. She drops the gun. The other guy tries to shoot, <sighs> and then one handed Cardell just picks this shotgun up and blows this little motherfucker away. And I mean like little because he's he's tiny. He yeah. blows his ass away. That was kind of like, damn. Yeah, same. I was like, God damn. Like, didn't even get a like a chance to even get a shot off. Just got fucking blown away. It's like, well, there goes that guy. <laughs> like I said, so she she shoot the warning shot. Then yeah. Now what I thought was kind of a good move, kind of almost on Jack's part, was he was waiting for him to kind of get the door broken open enough to where he could maybe try to run out and jump out and surprise him or something. But then it didn't really work because he kind of just like fell on the ground. But. In my head, I'm like, that's actually a good idea. Instead of just waiting for him to break the door and come and grab him, like, he's going to try to, like, element of surprise him, I guess. But then yeah. he kind of just, like, busts through the door and falls. And it's like, oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> they just picks him up and throws him into the girl. She drops the gun. And then, of course, other cop gets shot. And it's like, well, fuck. <laughs> Didn't work. Now what do we do? Well, <laughs> so he, um, at this point, oh, does he... Does he get back in the truck at this point in the in the wagon? Yeah, Matt for, does, yeah. Think. For some reason, Matt tries to get away. That's right. And then uh, Jack goes and like he runs after you know it's really uh, not surprisingly athletic, but he's pretty fucking fast. So he runs him down, gets in the truck, and oh, you know he's up there. And yeah. this leads to some pretty funny like you know <laughs> Cordell's driving. He's just like who like doesn't even look no effort, just punches the fuck out of him. And you know he's flipping around, holding on to the handle. Like it's just, it's, it's kind of a cool scene there. Yeah, Bruce is doing his own stunts right there. But I thought, well, with the the funny part was like after the gut punch, there's one where he just kind of like takes his right hand and he overhand like windmill, thunk, like yeah. right on the top of his head, <laughs> fucking total Three Stooges move. And what's funny is he's driving. He looks so intent on where he's going. He doesn't even look at him. He's just like just driving and poof, poof, like just swinging and all this shit. That's like goddamn. This is. That's what makes it funny, though. It's it's pretty it's pretty good, <laughs> which it's also pretty funny because so he's driving. It's like he's getting a little erratic, and like I think he I don't know, I can't remember what he runs into. It's like a pole or something that's like sticking like horizontally or whatever, and it hits him, and he lets out a fucking scream. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just so long too, and he just you he just hear boom, oh, and just holds it out. And I feel so bad for the little stunt dude that took over after. They're like, okay, we obviously can't let Bruce Campbell take a fucking backflip off of this truck when it goes off the pier. Now, let's get this guy with the obviously receding hairline. <laughs> let's put him on the side of the truck. Which that was like, that's, that, that looks so bad. But anyway, that was just fucking great. <laughs> oh, dude, I, you know, I, I looked at that and I thought, man, that would have been bad. Because the truck goes one way and the dude, like, the... The way it launches it, almost it flips him for him like backwards. He cuts a whole ass backflip off the truck and lands on the water. Yeah, if that truck would have gone the way he went, that guy would not be alive. No, and it was like a, it wasn't like we used to have backflip. It wasn't like a good backflip. No, it was like a weird, like his body went limp and he just kind of like fucking flail backflipped. It was uncontrolled into the water. It's like God damn, you know. And 
and that ending got written into it. Like it got uh, tacked on because the original ending was even set up. Like I'm just throwing trivia out there. Like the, the original ending was set up whenever um, McCray had gone to the dump yard, the pier. Because the security guard, remember, he was like, you know, d- you know, be careful out there. That shit's falling apart. Because yeah. the original ending was supposed to be that Cordell falls through the piers and gets impaled. Oh. But they changed it to where they, because they, they wanted something a little more open-ended. Yeah. So he gets impaled by the, the rod, flies into the water, and they pull an empty truck out. And then, as per usual, you know, camera slowly pans down onto the pier and a one ghostly cut-up maniac cop hand. Comes out, touches a, you know, like a wooden post or whatever, and it's just like, freeze frame. Oh, shit. And it's like, okay, now we're set up for a million more of these. Yeah. And I'll take them. (laughs) Yeah, and I kind of wish they would have left the original cut in, because there's actually an extended cut out there that they they filmed for Japanese television, because they, this was a hit in Japan. Really? Oh, yeah, they love this movie over there. And uh, the d- part of the deal was uh, the Japanese television, they wanted to put it on TV, but the film was only 87 minutes. And in Japan, you need at least 92 minutes of a cut of film to be able to put it on TV. So they paid for them to be able to shoot extra footage. So oh, wow. in the extended cut, there's like some small footage here and there, but it also includes after the pier shot, the mayor is in his office having drinks, like being celebratory about the parade and like um, all this other bullshit. And his, uh, his second hand dude just walks out. And he's just like, you really ought to put the bottle down, blah, blah, blah. And he just kind of ignores him. Well, they pan over, and you see a pair of shoes under a curtain, and it's Cordell, still soaking wet, walks over, and off camera slaughters the mayor and finally gets his revenge for getting fucked over. And then they go to the credits. Wow. Yeah, so depending on, you know, whichever cut you watch, the one that we watched was the like where they cut from the pier to the credits is probably the most widely known cut, but there's, you know, the extended cut slash Japanese cut. Huh. Because... Japan loves, like, for whatever reason, Japan really likes American cinema, especially from that era. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it it's weird to see what films do good where, you know? Yeah. Especially horror. People in Japan love American-made, Jap- uh, American-made horror. So, you know, fuck power to it, I guess. Like, I think that's where some of, like, not most of the box office come from, because it only, it was only in 50 theaters, and it made, like, uh, a little over half a million against a 1.1 million budget. Hmm. So micro budget, it was hit enough to make two more films. So yeah, which varying levels of success there with those two next two films, but still good. Just um, the first one you can't beat the first one. Oh, fuck it's, no. it's pretty great. And again, I I really wish I, I didn't think about doing it, but I really wish I would have isolated that sound and just got his <laughs> like that fucking fifteen second long scream he does is. That's like his only dialogue in the movie. Yeah. His only time you hear his voice is when he is hilariously screaming. <laughs> because the fucker got shot up so many times and he never screamed once. But he no. is like, I guess, a giant white pole through the chest is his, his absolute weakness. It's like even when he got stabbed and yeah, got his yeah. face cut open, he didn't make a fucking sound. Yep, He's just like, mm, oh, mm, and just uh. like, you know, but this thing hits him. And I get it. You're going like 50 miles an hour. Some shit hits you. <laughs> I'm sure it hurt, but you're like super maniac cop here. You're just like, <laughs> I know it's so stupid. <laughs> but this is why we love these movies, right? Absolutely. Like, just little touches like that that just go a long way. <laughs> oh, it's so yeah, good. Man. It's good shit all around. I, I love, I love stuff like this. But so, giving my rating here five out of five. Of course. Oh hell yeah, same. I mean, you're five out of five. There we go. Air horns. They agree. 
again with this movie, I know we I say spoil this. It's kind of easy to figure out, <laughs> like, in the, like you know, it's not who they think it is and how, how they set it up. But uh, spoiler alert, I guess it wasn't ever Bruce Campbell, ah, right? Yeah. But watch it. Highly recommend it. I mean, it's it's a cult classic for a reason. Uh, again, there's a who's who of everything in this movie, and uh, from horror to uh, relevancy with policing and every all this other bullshit. However you want to look into it, if you want to just watch it as a fun watch, you can do that. If you want to watch it and dig into it, like you said, there's YouTube videos that really dive into it. You can do that as well. I mean, it kind of spans a huge range of what you want it to do for you, right? Absolutely. And it's just, it's fucking great. It really is. Like it holds up extremely well. It really does. And uh, if, like you said, if you're looking for something to like introduce, not necessarily like introduce somebody to horror, but like if you want to introduce somebody to like that you know, area of horror where it's like, okay, this is going to be so bad. It's good, but it's actually kind of good. Like just yeah. take them down with this movie. This is a good, like a good little soft intro. Cause if you, you don't want to show them something too terrible. Cause they're like, oh, what the fuck is this? No, <laughs> you, you don't want to start them, you know, with just like the most random off the wall thing. And you're like, okay, I don't really know. Or you don't really go too mainstream. Maybe you want to kind of, you know, this is a good middle ground. Yeah. Cause if you're honestly, if you're a fan of any of these actors from other films, definitely watch this one. Oh yeah. If, if not for anything else, that. Yeah. I mean, and then, of course, uh, to tie it back to the, to the show, the score is great. And there's a lot of just a lot to like with the, you know, kind of the sense really just kicking ass there. And just not, not, just, not just the sense, but, uh, you know, Jay Chataway did a very good job with the score. And it just, it's perfect throughout, I think. You know, it kind of hits all the right beats. It's, um, in a way, it's not overly, not, I don't want to say cheesy, like some 80s horror can be. But it's 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 nice and like dark and brooding enough to where it really suits the tone well. Whereas like some movies, like for example, which is not eighties, but uh, the Omen that I did I did that last year. There's some parts of that score where it's just like, oh boy, <laughs> like this mm-hmm. just does not fit at all. Like there's fucking I don't know. Like there's like one part with like these woodwind instruments and it's very it's like it's like what are you doing? Like I don't know. Then, yeah. Then it goes super dark, but then it comes back to like just kind of like this orchestral like blooming like flowering the score and it's like i kind of get it but it's like i want more dark and brooding i guess like you have a movie about this is the son of satan like give me something here like you know keep it dark but right that was kind of a, a product of the time of its time i guess which i say that but then, like the exorcist got it right like oh absolutely the minimal amount of score there is in that movie is very just grounded and dread fulfilling and oh, it's like it sucks i hate it i hate it because it's so scary but I love it because it's so scary, right? Yeah, well, that that it's it's a prime example of how important music can make or break a movie. Yeah, very much so. Because I have seen some great fucking films with really terrible scores, took me right out of the moment. Yeah, I have seen some movies that are oof to watch, but the score is fantastic. I will say just uh, off topic, real quick before we get out of here, the one movie that I think had the score that really brought me in the most and really just like, oh, arrival was an incredible movie anyway. But that score, and there's, um, oh, what is, I think it's by Max Richter. It's actually, funny enough, it's not on the soundtrack for whatever reason, but it was used in another movie, so it's on Spotify under this other movie soundtrack. Mm. Uh, and, and the vinyl releases of the arrival score don't have this song on it, but it's a uh, Max Richter, uh, it's on, on the nature of day, daylight. And if you want me to cry, play that song. Pretty great, but it, it kind of runs throughout the entire movie and it has its parts. And it's like, anyway, the point is the score and that really amplifies everything. And they did it 
fucking great. And again, back to this movie, fucking great. Hell <laughs> so, yeah. Um, before we get out of here, do you have anything to plug for me, good sir? Yeah, actually, I do. Uh, if you like horror movies in general or just cult films or music, I mean, we talk about it all, uh, but uh, Super Media Bros Podcast, that's that's the, uh, the show that I do with my friend Cody. Uh, we do a show every Friday. Right now, we're in the middle of Spooky Media Bros Month, with which we do a uh, rebrand every October where we go completely horror-themed and we change the look of our show and everything. Uh, right now, we just covered Terror Vision versus the Video Dead as part of our cult cinema showdown series. And f- funny enough, the next cult cinema showdown we're doing is going to be the exorcist versus hereditary. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I can't, I can't fucking wait. <laughs> yeah, dude. Cause like that one, right. Like, we, we try to put films together that most people would have a very hard time picking between, or they're just like, why the fuck would you put these movies together? And it's not necessarily that it's the same thing. It's that I feel like, uh, exorcist is probably the pinnacle of horror. And then, uh, hereditary is, is basically the exorcist of this generation. Oh yeah. And, uh, Tony Collette is a great job and the film is acting. And then Ellen Burstyn did such a fantastic fucking job in the original. So it's that whole, you know, it's all based around a mother grieving around their child. Yeah. So that is a different type of horror altogether, be it the death of one and the possession of another. And I mean, we've got some other stuff coming like down the pipeline for this month. Like we're going to do uh, like this week. Um, actually, I think as of this recording, whenever it comes out, we'll have just done our, uh, horror and gaming and uh, some uh, Mad Libs based on horror. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we'll just do the uh, automated story Mad Libs and they turn out fucking hilarious. So, <laughs> And then on Halloween, we're releasing Freddy versus Jason versus Alien versus Predator. So that's going to be a fucking blast. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to check any of that shit out, uh, we've got interviews with some uh, celebrities and musicians in the industry. We've got uh, just music review episodes. Yeah, just come to supermediabrospodcast.com. And we've got it all there. Fuck yeah. So this month, uh, just a little preview for the rest of the month. Actually, next week, I've got The Fog from 1980 coming out. Uh, that's going to be a good one. The uh, Waxwork just released a score. Uh, not the first one on vinyl, but it was like a expanded deluxe edition or whatever. And I got like the, the Ghost Eyes variant. It looks fucking cool shit. Um, we talked about earlier. Um, well, actually, I did an interview with a guy, uh, Ian, who works in the industry, does some podcasting, some video work, uh, has a production company up, up in the Seattle area with uh, a nightmare on Elm Street, which is pretty fucking cool. Can't wait to get that one edited and out to the, to the masses. Hell yeah. And then uh, the weekend of Halloween, it's going to be, again, Jason 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Oh, man, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear that one either, man, because it's probably, okay, so it, it may be one of the worst of the franchise, but God damn, it's still fun to watch because yes. of so much of the dumb shit that happens in it. <laughs> yeah. That's a, uh, oh man, I can't wait. Like it, it, this, this month's going to be pretty good and it's going to be going to kind of roll me into kind of getting back into it all again. So it's going to be really fun. And, um, you know, everybody subscribe. I hope you stick around and listen, right? That's kind of all we're going to, I guess. Yeah, do it. I do. You should too. Shit. That's right. Thank you from Richie. Fucking do it. <laughs> But um, so for the vinyl countdown and oh shit, there it goes <laughs> for the vinyl <laughs> countdown, the October spectacular. I am Jeremy Levine as always, and hope to be in your ne- in your ears next week. Richie, say bye. Bye.